All right, um, we're in a series called The Blessed Life this morning, and we started this series last week, and so just to, to catch you up, uh, what we talked about last week and really how we're unpacking this series for uh, the next several weeks, we'll, we'll go to uh, next week, and then we'll, uh, we'll pick up a brand new series beginning on March the 1st, but I'll talk about that here in uh, just a little bit. Uh, before I get to that, just to let you know, I think most of you know this, but uh, a little bit of possible weather coming in this week. going to make things a little more exciting for everybody, right? And so uh, if you like snow, you might be excited about that. If you don't like snow, well, you're probably out of luck this week. But anyway, for the rest of us who enjoy that kind of thing, uh, let me just let you know, like, there's a lot of things that happen, you know, during the week here at the Ridge. And so if you have any questions, like if something is still going, like recovery group on Tuesday night, you know, youth group on Wednesday night, those types of things, just go to our website. And on the front page there, you'll be able to see uh, you know, whether or not something is canceled, or if you follow us on Facebook, you can go to the Facebook page and, and look there and make sure that uh, something is canceled or not. Uh, but, of course, uh, you can always call uh, whoever is uh, leading that particular night for those types of things as well. And so in this series, we talked about this. We, we, Jesus said this in Acts chapter 20, uh, verse 35. He says this. He says... In all things, I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he himself said, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. And so last week, we looked at the anatomy of a blessing. Like, what, is, what does a blessing look like? When you unpack it, how do we, how do we get on the path to having a, a blessed life? And, and we have to understand that, that a blessing is so much more than uh, financial. Like, I mean, that's part of it, but it, 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 blessings are, are so much more than that. It's not just money. I mean, there's blessings in joy. There's blessing in relationship. There's blessing in life. I mean, having a blessed life is... So much more than just money. And Jesus in the Scripture, God in the Scripture, lays out a path for us that we can follow to have a blessed life. And so we looked at it this way last week. We said there are two things uh, to get on the path to the blessed life, and that's that we're going to live generously toward others with our time, our talents, our resources. And then secondly, we should live faithfully towards God. And so this week and then also next week, we're really going to just unpack these two things just a little bit further. And today we're going to show you how you can actually stop the blessing of God in you and through you. There is, there is a way that that can happen. Like God wants to, you have to understand this, that, that God wants to, to bless you. He wants to pour out his blessing on you when we live faithfully toward him, when we live generously toward others. He wants to pour out blessings upon us. But we can also stop those blessings. And so, uh, I don't know about you, I, I, can be, um, I can be greedy. Anybody else? Anybody else greedy? I, I, can be, I can be greedy. I think if we're all honest, we can all be greedy. And, and not just with our money, but I, I, can be, um, I can be greedy with my love. I can be greedy with my love toward my children, my love toward others, my lo love toward my spouse, my love toward my friends, my neighbors. I, I can be greedy with that. When I withhold those things, I'm, I'm being greedy with those things. Not only can I be greedy that way, but I can be greedy with forgiveness. You know, I can be, if I'm not forgiving toward others, I'm withholding forgiveness, then I'm holding on to that forgiveness for myself. And so I can be greedy in that. I can be greedy with my possessions. 
You know, I can hold on to the things that God has blessed me with. I have to remember that, that everything that I have has been given to me by God. Even the things that I've worked very hard for, the things that maybe I've spent money on that I made in some way, those things, they all come from God. They are blessings from God. And, and when I'm withholding those things, I can be greedy with my possessions. I can be greedy with my sin. It kind of sounds weird coming out of it, but I, th I thought about this. I, I can be greedy with my sin because when I withhold giving up my sin in repentance, I'm being greedy with it. I'm holding on to it. I'm not letting it go. And any time that we're not letting go of something, any time that we're not giving over something, I'm being greedy with it. I can be greedy with my time. Anybody else greedy with their time? I can be greedy with my time. I just want to hold on to it. It's my time. And if I've got any free time, I want to do what I want to do, right? Anybody else? Anybody ever asked you to move and you made something up? Come on, be honest. Come on. No, I can't, you know, can't do it today, you know. It's like, like we can be greedy with our time. We can be greedy with our time. And next time I move and I call y'all and you say no, well, I know what's up. But I can be greedy with these things. And so maybe you can identify with, with that, that, that you can be greedy, that you can withhold things, that you can hold on to them. And so today's bottom line is, is, is this. I want to just go ahead and give it to you. And so uh, you can sort of be thinking about this as we kind of unpack the scripture. We're going to go to Joshua chapter 6 here in just a moment. But today's bottom line is this. When what I want is chosen over what God wants, it can stop the blessings of God in and through me. When what I want is chosen over what God wants, it can stop the blessings of God in and through me. Now, one of my favorite authors of all time is a guy by the name of Shel Silverstein. Shel, Shel Silverstein writes uh, poems and short stories, and, and really he writes it mostly to children, but there's a lot of uh, things that we can learn as adults from some of the things that, that he writes. And uh, I could read you just a ton of these things, and we could just go on all day because he just is an amazing writer. But I wanted to share with you one particular uh, short poem that, that he wrote called The Prayer of a Selfish Child. Parents, see if this uh, makes any sense to you. This is a child praying. He says this, he says, Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. And if I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my toys to break. So none of the other kids can use them. Amen. Anybody else feel like your children pray that prayer sometimes? I know I, know I do. Uh, but, it, but it's true, though, isn't it? It's not just true for children. It's, it's true for us, too, because like, we're greedy people. And any time that we choose, and we do this, we do this often. If you're a believer, any time that you choose what you want over what God wants, we're being greedy. We're being greedy with the blessings that God has poured out to us. So I want to show you a passage of Scripture from Joshua chapter 6. If you want, you can go ahead and uh, turn there. If you like, we'll get to it here in just a moment. Let me catch you up, give you a little context as to what is taking place here in Joshua chapter 6. It's very important to understand context when you're reading the Bible because a lot of times you can take something in Scripture and you can make it mean something uh, that it doesn't really mean. And so context is really important. So just to give you a little context as to what's happening here, Moses was called by God. Moses was a Jewish boy who was adopted into Egyptian royalty. And as he grew up, 
uh, Moses began to, to feel the call of God on his life. He, saw, he started to see the, the people, the Jewish people who were enslaved by the Egyptians. He started to see the uh, atrocities that they were going through. And one day as, as a Jewish man, Jewish slave was being beaten by an Egyptian, Moses actually murdered the Egyptian that was beating the Jewish slave. And so in that, he takes off, he leaves, leaves uh, his, his royal... Um, inheritance behind and, and leaves Egypt and, and goes into the wilderness. And in the wilderness, uh, you're probably very familiar with this part, uh, as he is out there, he runs across a bush that is on fire, but it's not really on fire, but it's on fire, but it's not really on fire, it's not burning up. The burning bush, right? God speaks to him through the burning bush. And in this burning bush, God tells Moses, he says, I want you to go back to Pharaoh and I want you to have him let my people go. Tell him to let my people go. That's what he tells them. He says, tell him to let my people go. And so uh, Moses sort of argues back and forth a little bit with God, and finally he is sent, and he goes, and, and through um, speaking to Pharaoh and through some miracles that God performs with the, the plagues, Moses finally tells Pharaoh, or finally, he te- keeps telling him over and over, but he tells him, he says, let my people go, and finally Pharaoh lets the people of Israel go. And they travel, they leave, you know, the whole Red Sea, the Red Sea parts, they go across on dry land, the Red Sea closes back up, destroys the Egyptian army, and then for the next 40 years, Moses and the people of Israel wander around in the wilderness for various reasons, not time to get into all that, but for various reasons, wander around in the wilderness, basically walk in a big circle for 40 years before they finally get to the land that God promised to them called the Promised Land. And when they get ready to enter into the promised land, Moses has now passed away. And so a man by the name of Joshua, who, is the right, who was the right hand of Moses, is now the one who is leading the people of Israel into the promised land. And this is what, where we get to in Joshua chapter 6. As they get ready to cross into the promised land, it's really a great, uh, it's a great uh, picture of leadership, a great picture of God's faithfulness. Uh, And so while you're snowed in this week, why don't you go ahead and just read the book of Joshua. You'll be glad that you did. But Joshua, they get to the the Jordan River, and they're about to cross into the Promised Land. And God again performs another miracle. He pushes the waters back. They walk across on dry land. It's, It's an amazing picture. And when they get into the Promised Land, now set before them, they have to conquer the land before them. They have to conquer the land before them. And so the very first city that they are going to come upon is a place called Jericho. And on their way to Jericho, it's really interesting. You have to remember this. In Joshua chapter 1, you see God make a promise to Joshua. He tells Joshua, he says, I've already given you every place that the sole of your feet will touch. And so I've already given you the victory. All you have to do is listen to my voice and do what I say. The victory is already yours. It's already yours. And so the people of Israel, they go in to Jericho, and you kind of know the story, right? They march around the city for how many days? Seven, yeah, march around the city for seven days, right? The walls come tumbling down, and they go in. They don't sing the song, uh, but they go into uh, the city of Jericho. So we're going to pick this up, Joshua chapter 6, verse 17. It says this, It says, and the city and all that is in, within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. And so this is God speaking to uh, Joshua. He says, only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in the house shall live because she hid the messengers whom we sent. 
But you keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. And so what God is saying here is he's saying the the plunder of the city, the riches of the city, everything within the city must be destroyed. Don't take anything. Verse 19. It says, but all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. And so he, t- he tells the people, he says, you're going to want to see, you're going to see things, you're going to see shiny things, but don't take anything. In fact, the entire city must be destroyed. The whole thing must go down. And now, it's interesting that God doesn't say this about any other city. That there will be cities to come. In fact, there's another city coming right after this called Ai. And there's, there will be other cities to come and other cities that they will uh, bring down. But God doesn't say this about any other city. He, he doesn't tell them to uh, do this to any other city. Now, why does he not tell them to do that? Because this is the first city. This is the first one that they come to. And because it's the first, God says, the first will always be mine. What is first will always be mine. God always wants the first. And so think about this for a second. Whatever area of your life where God is not first, think about this for a minute. Think about this in your own life. Areas of your life where you know that you are not putting God first, I can promise you this, those are probably areas that are struggling. Those are probably places that you're struggling with. Areas where God is not first, are areas where you're struggling in because God requires that he comes first. And so with the first city, God says, that's mine. It's the first one, that is mine. Greed always takes God out of first. And so any area of our life where we say, no, 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 that's not, that's mine, that's not God's, I'm going to hold on to this, I'm going to grab this, this is my money, this is my time, these are my possessions, this is my sin, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to hold on to these things. Greed always takes God out of first. Where we don't give it first to God. And so we have to understand, again, that greed is more than just money. In fact, listen to this. This is the definition of greed. It's, it says this. It says, a selfish and excessive desire for more of something than is needed. And a, a selfish and excessive desire for more of something than is needed. And so we've already established this. When we're greedy, what we're really saying is that we don't trust God to be our provider. When we're greedy with our time, and we say, you know what, I don't have enough time for this in order to give this over to God, and so I'm going to hold on to this. What we say is, is we say, I don't trust God to be a provider of time. Although, even though what we see, you can read this in Joshua, I think it's chapter 12, in Joshua chapter 12, uh, Joshua needs an accelerated victory. In fact, Joshua needs the sun to stand still. He needs time to stop in order for them to have the victory. And so Joshua prays to the Lord. He says, make the sun stand still, and God makes time stop. But yet, we don't trust God with our time. But isn't he the creator of time? And so if we need more time, don't you think God could give us the the time that we need? 
But when we're greedy and we say, you know what, this is my time, I'm going to do with my time as I want to do. I can't give up of my time because if I give up of my time, then maybe I won't have enough time. No, 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 no. You don't understand. When we give first, God blesses. God blesses. And so it's not only time, but talent. When we, we look at our, our, the talents that God has blessed us with and we say, you know what, I'm going to not devote my talent to God. I'm going to withhold my talent to God. That's greed. And so when we're greedy, what we're really saying is that we don't trust God to be our provider. We'll provide it ourselves. I love what, um, in fact, we read this last week, but 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 9 Listen to what, what Paul writes here again. We uh, read this last week, but I just want to uh, emphasize it again this week. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, starting in verse 6, says this. The point is this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. You hear what Paul said there? And so you could, maybe your translation says it like this. Is like, Whoever gives sparingly will also receive sparingly. And whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion for God, loves a cheerful giver. That's what Rusty talked about earlier. And God is able to make all grace abound to you. Can we just stop right there and just for a moment and just pause for a minute? And God is able. Do you really believe that? Do, you, do we really believe that God is able? Because I'm, I'm looking at you, and I'm not so sure you believe that. God is able. I don't know that we actually really believe that, especially when it comes to our stuff, when we say, this is my talent, this is my resource, this is my money, I'm going to be greedy with all of these things. And so, again, we're saying, when we're greedy, we're saying that we don't trust God with these things, and so, therefore, we don't trust God to be able to provide us the things that we sow. Because God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. As it is written, he has distributed freely, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Verse 10, he, he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will supply and multiply your seed for sowing and increase the harvest of your righteousness. You will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. And so that verse there alone, just that little passage of Scripture right there, is a great reminder that God provides the seed and the harvest from the seed, so out of that comes our generosity. Did you hear what he said? He says God provides the seed, and, even, and after God provides the seed, then he provides the harvest. And so God being the provider. And so out of God's generosity comes our generosity. And, but greed is the enemy of generosity. And so when I choose what I want over what God wants, when I say that's mine, that's not his, and we're going to see this in the passage of Scripture here in Joshua, it puts a stop to that blessing. It puts a stop to the blessing. So check this out. Joshua chapter 7, verse 1. They go on from Jericho. Now, what happens at Jericho, though, we don't have time to read all the verses, but Jericho, what happens at Jericho is there's a man by the name of Achan, and Achan decides to take some of the things, put it in his pocket, and keep it for himself, even though he was told not to touch anything. Verse 1 says this. 
But the people of Israel broke faith in regard to the devoted things, for Achan the son of Carmi, son of Zabdi, son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took some of the devoted things, and the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not what you want. Like, that's not a good thing. The anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. Now, it's interesting that it, all, it says the anger of the Lord burned against the people of Israel. It doesn't say that the anger of the Lord burned against Achan. Even though Achan was the one who took the devoted things, everyone else did what they were supposed to do, but Achan is the one that took the devoted things. God said, don't take what is mine. And so what happens next is really kind of scary. They leave from Jericho in tow, Achan has the things that were supposed to have been devoted to the Lord. And as they go to a place called Ai, it's a smaller city, a smaller, inferior army compared to the army of Israel. And they get their tails whipped. They get their tails whipped. Let's pick it up. Skip down to verse 20. Chapter 7. It says this. It says, and Achan answered Joshua, truly I have sinned against the Lord of God. Because what has happened now is, is they've gone on to Ai, they've gotten their tails whipped, and now the truth is starting to come out. Achan answered to Joshua, truly I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel, and this is what I did. When I saw among the spoil a beautiful cloak uh, from Shinar and 200 shekels of silver and a bar of gold weighing 50 shekels, then I coveted them and took them. And see, they are hidden in the earth inside my tent, with the silver underneath. Verse 22. So Joshua sent messengers, and they ran to the tent, and behold, it was hidden in his tent with the silver underneath. And they took them out of the tent and brought them to Joshua and to all the people of Israel, and they laid them before the Lord. And so Achan decided not to trust God as his provider. He was greedy. He was greedy. Look what happens next, verse 24. And Joshua and all of Israel with him took Achan, the son of Zerah, and the silver and the cloak and the bar of gold, and his sons and his daughters, not just Achan, his whole family, and his oxen and donkeys and sheep and his tent and all that he had, and they brought them up to the valley of Achor. And Joshua said, why did you bring trouble on us? The Lord brings trouble on you today. That ain't good if you're aching. And all Israel stoned him with stones. They burned them with fire and stoned them with stones. In Achan, what he wanted trumped what God wanted, and it stopped the blessing of, that God wanted to do in and through him and for Israel. So understand that it wasn't just Achan that took the punishment for his sin. It was the entire nation of Israel. Because when they went to Ai, they faced an army that was inferior to them, and they got turned back. They were defeated. So it didn't just hurt him, it hurt the whole nation. Withholding generosity stops others. Hear me. Withholding generosity stops others from receiving a blessing from God. That us as a church, us as believers, when we withhold what God has blessed us with, it can stop the blessings of God for others. And so, uh, I'll just give you a couple of easy examples here. 
when I decide that I don't want to serve. That God has blessed me with a talent, God has blessed me with some time, God has blessed me with some ability. And so if I decide, you know what, that's mine, I'm not going to give that up. I can't get here early on Sunday morning. Sunday morning's mine, I like to drink my coffee and read my paper. And so I'm not getting here any earlier, you can, you know, and that's it. And so when I decide to not do that, then I'm withholding a blessing for somebody else. When I decide to um, not be generous with any resources that God has blessed me with, then I'm withholding a blessing for somebody else. And so I'm not just hurting me. I'm not just stopping the blessings of God for me. I'm stopping the blessings of God for you too. And for those around me, those that I'm in, relationship with when i choose what i want over what god wants it stops the blessing of god in and through me check this out a couple more verses matthew chapter six here's what jesus said matthew chapter six starting in verse 30 we'll go with 31 i think that sounds good says this, says, therefore, do not be anxious, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. So let's stop right there. Did you hear what Jesus just said? Jesus said, God knows what you need. And he says this, that seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you in other words when i seek jesus first and he is my treasure remember i was talking about that making jesus our treasure when i seek him first and make him my treasure i will no longer want what i want i will want what god wants first because i'm seeking him i'm making him my treasure i'm making the kingdom of god first in my life and so when i make the kingdom of god what uh First, in my life, God supplies all of my needs. I'm looking to him as my provider. I'm not being greedy with my time, my talent, my resources, the things that God has blessed me with. Because I know that as I sow those away, as I sow generously, God will sow back into me generously. This is what the scripture says says to us jesus must be our treasure first he is the only treasure hear me when i say this he is the only treasure that died to purchase you all other treasures require something from us all other treasures all other earthly treasures require something from us yet jesus gave something for us it's the only treasure that does that. Jesus wants something for us. John 10.10 10 says that the devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. In other words, he comes to, to take, to be a, a taker. But Jesus said he came to give us an abundant life, a blessed life. And so it says the world comes to take, but Jesus gives. Jesus made us his ultimate treasure so that we would make him our ultimate treasure, to be generous for his kingdom. And so simply put, we are generous because he was first generous to us. 
We are a generous church because He is generous to us. And then finally, I love Romans 8.32. Paul says this. He who did not spare his own son, but gave, that word gave is so big, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? And so the question remains, do we really believe that? Do we really believe that God is a provider? Do we really believe that if we sow generously, that, that, God, will, that God will sow back into us generously? When we uh, defeat greed in our hearts with generosity, do we really believe that giving is better than receiving, and so therefore having a blessed life? I mean, do we really believe those things? Or does it just sound good because it comes from the Bible? Does it look good on a coffee cup? You know, does it look nice in, a, you know, in our kitchen or whatever? Up on the wall. Do we really believe these things? I think we need to wrestle with that. God really does want more for you than he does from you. But when we choose what we want over what God wants, it stops the blessing of God in and through us. And so let me ask you, where are you being greedy? Where are you being greedy? What area of your life is devoted to what you want versus what God wants? So this morning, as we consider these things, as we uh, come around to to sing uh, in just a moment and to pray, where are you being greedy? What area of your life have you uh, devoted to yourself versus devoting to the Lord? What, what, what area of your life are you going to, to hold on to and say, I'm going to choose this for me instead of giving it up to Him? Do you believe that God is able? Do you believe that God is a provider? Do you believe that, that God really does mean what He says, that when He says that if we will sow generously, that He will sow back into us even more generously, more bountifully, that Jesus really did come to give us an abundant life? You know, I, I, I think sometimes one of the things that we get hung up on in Scripture sometimes is we, we might look at these things and we think to ourselves, you know what, God is, uh, God is such, like, this is just a bunch of rules that i got to live within. Like, this is just, this is just a, a, a constrained kind of life. And, and as a kid, may, I, I can remember thinking these things just about life in general. Like, most of us have probably gone through those stages where we've been rebellious toward rules and and regulations and and all of those types of things and i I remember um as a young adult i remember walking into a restaurant one time and um i walked into the restaurant and when i got in there i had i had a hat on just a ball cap just had a hat on and one of the guys uh the there at the at the restaurant maybe the owner I, i don't really know but he walked over to me and he said uh he said sir we don't allow hats in this restaurant. You're going to have to take your hat off. And I was like, uh-uh. Taking my hat off. Like, I was just like, don't try to tell me what to do, how to live, you know, all these things. I'm gonna, if I want to eat at this restaurant, if you want to take my money, I'm going to eat with my hat on. <laughs> and that was, that, was, that was dumb, 
honestly. Like, I look back on that now, and I look, man, it's like I was just being a punk. Like, I was just being a punk. You just take your hat off. Like, like if that's if that's what they say, you know, it's like, here's the parameters to, to which we want you to operate in. There's a reason for that. They had a reason for that. And, and the same is true for God. God gives us parameters to live our lives within. And He's not trying to, to be mean to us. He's not trying to... Um, take from us so when he says look make me first seek me first make my kingdom first in your life don't be greedy give up your life so that you will have life that's God setting parameters for us that are good for us like none of us let our children play out in the street, do we? There's a reason for that, right? Well, maybe you do. I don't know. But I, we, we don't. We don't let our kids play out in the street. But, like, there's a reason for that. Because it's good for them. They don't like it, but it's good for them, isn't it? So this morning, maybe you need to take a step towards generosity. Maybe it's with your time. Maybe you withhold time. Maybe it's with a sin that you need to give up and, and, and repent of. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that he who knew no sin became sin so that we might have the righteousness of God. That's generous. Maybe it's just your life in general. You're just gonna, you, you've decided that you're going to live life the way that you want to live life. You're going to do things the way that you do things. And that's just how it is because it's your life. And so you'll do what you want with your life. 